0: Stop the press, Damo. Two-for-one tickets to the Wellness Summit are open. After not one, not two, but three salad events, Marcus, the Wellness Summit returns to Melbourne in 2016 for two days of powerhouse wellness with your favourite wellness couch host and Australia's wellness elite. Join us at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on September 10th and 11 for an inspirational, educational, fun, exciting, sensational cocktail of wellness that promises to help you take your life to the next level. Now, two for one tickets to the summit are extremely limited and won't be available for long, so make sure you go to www.thewellnesssummit.com right now and get in whilst you can. This will be the biggest summit on record, folks. You'll see a thousand people there. You do not want to miss this one. Pop the dates of the diary and see you there.
1: Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind, featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Guys and The Wellness Couch, and as always by my side, Champion Mindset co-host Marcus Pierce.
0: Oh, what an introduction. I'm loving your voice today, LT. Have you
1: had some type of voice work done? Voice work. <laughs> You're sounding even Voice more surgery. Dull. <laughs> Voice surgery. I'm I'm uh, I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to go. I was thinking about today. I'm like, oh look, today we're recording inside the champion's mind. Let's uh, let's get to this. I don't even know what we're talking about, but uh you always have something that you uh, bring to the table and uh let's get to it. Let's see what we're gonna talk well- about today.
0: Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna start off totally off topic. Considering your dulcet tones, and seriously, let's be honest, you have the smoothest voice on the wellness couch. But
1: speaking of smooth voices, I don't did know you know? that. Who says that? We should vote. You do. Everyone knows
0: you do. You've got like these <laughs> sultry tones. Like the girls love it, for one, and the guys are like, that is just so smooth. The way you can. Oh, you've got this out. like, um, is it baritone? What's the deep? What's the deep in the voice? I you've got. You go to like this that. depth in your voice that <laughs> other people cannot go to. I've got a high pitch voice. But you've got this really cool deepness to your voice.
1: Anyway, don't want to uh, show too much, bro. No, my looks you, are man. great for my looks are great for radio, so it's uh, perfect. no. Don't <laughs> give it that do you All know right. my ex had a voice coach? What's that? Michael Jackson had a voice coach. Yeah. Oh, all, all professionals have a voice coach. That's the thing. Like, you know, just, you know going off topic here, but the, the <laughs> I'm thing just is, pushing
0: uh, you so I know you love this stuff.
1: <laughs> no, but seriously, like everybody just thinks well, like who, you know, what, what do you need a coach for, and you know, stuff. And and the thing is, people just don't realize that the best of the best have a coach. So why shouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like, you know, this we can't know everything. It's if otherwise, you just become your own coach, which may or may not necessarily be a great idea when you think about does that
0: does not work let's just be honest it doesn't work yeah it can um, last for a day but it just doesn't last
1: everybody a, should have tor- a mentor of some sort someone to, coach a coach is not someone who is better than you smarter than you or uh someone who is uh, who knows exactly um you know what you do it's the thing is that the coach is there to help you see the path in front of you you know that you don't even know you need to go through that's that's yeah. the that's the coach, right? They're the person who'd be able to see see through all the stuff that you actually have to go through to get to wherever you need to get to. That's the coach is to shorten up, short up your, um, short up your fast track. You know, fast track your learning, basically.
0: Absolutely, I'm so tempted to just shift gears and and do a whole new topic, but I'm going to come back to what I really want to talk to you about today and share with our incredible Inside the Champion Mind listeners. If I could be just If I could multitask for a second, I got a voice, a text message the other day from one of our wonderful listeners, Audra Starkey, and Audra said to me in a message, where is it as I scroll through, oh,
1: come on, here we go,
0: oh, here we go, by the way, just listen to Inside the Champion's Mind, episode 90, brilliant, that fortnightly podcast is the best nutrition for my mind, so thank you. I love it. That's for you too, LT, and everyone out there.
1: I thank you so much.
0: Nutrition for the mind.
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's great, isn't it? I, I love that. Maybe we need a new tagline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nutrition for the mind. There you
0: go. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm reading at the moment. I, I'm stockpiling. I've got a list. I've got a bunch of books. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have got nine books in my in my pile at the moment. My barley pile because I don't do ebooks. So I'm gonna over bake the luggage cake and take all these books over to barley with me. So you're gonna and, go over your um, limit,
1: man. You're gonna have to pay excess just to just to yeah, ship your I'm books. I'm prepared. <laughs> I'm
0: prepared to pay the price just to read a real book. Um, so. Page 13 of his, of a wonderful book called Essentialism by Greg McKeown. I know Damien loves Greg McKeown, but I'm just at the beginning of this book. And page 13 quotes uh, the whole concept of – too many choices and this discussion around decision fatigue and I just want to quote from the book to give a bit of context to decision fatigue and, and really what we both think about it and how we can uh, remove decision fatigue from our lives. But let me just uh, quote from Pete Drucker here just for a moment. He says in a few hundred years when the history of our time will be written from a long-term perspective, it is likely that the most important event historians will see is not technology, not the internet, not e-commerce. It is an unprecedented change in the human condition. For the first time, literally, substantial and rapidly growing numbers of people have choices. For the first time, they will have to manage themselves and society is totally unprepared for it. We are unprepared in part because for the first time, the preponderance of choice has overwhelmed our ability to manage it. We have lost our ability to filter what is important and what isn't. Psychologists call this decision fatigue, the more choices we are forced to make, the more the quality of our decisions deteriorates end quote
1: i bet you that was written back in the 1980s too <laughs> so that's, that's that's the challenge that's what most, most people forget about that and uh, I absolutely agree there's a, a great book I, I probably mentioned before I, I read this a long time ago it's called The Paradox of Choice and The Paradox of Choice basically says the same thing or similar things it's basically the more choices we have we lead to a point of our lives that we don't make a choice at all Uh, And uh, that's exactly what happened to Apple. You know, when you look at Apple, um, when you have too many choices and too many things to do, you lose focus. So Steve Jobs, when he got hired back by Apple, when he took Apple back after he got fired, uh, one of the first things that he did was take this company with over 100 products at that time. Uh, and basically sat in a boardroom, took out uh, a whiteboard or, you know, a flip chart or whatever it was. And he drew four lines, I saw two lines, one up and one to cross, and then basically creating four sections. And the four sections said he wrote laptop, um, desktop home and office. And he says, we're only going to focus on these four sections and basically called all the other products that do not belong into that section. And that's how Apple started, again, on the rise to, you know, to what it is today in 2016.
0: I love it. I love it. So there's a lot of, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of common themes here. We can look at a lot of what are either businesses have done or individuals have done, uh, just smart human beings. Um, but I think it would be great if we can just, you know, and I and I always like to be the interviewer. You know, I'm a bit of a control freak in those scenarios. But I would love to chat with you, LT, about, you know, what, what it is that you and I both do in our lives to remove decision fatigue, what we create or how we filter our lives so that we don't experience it, what happens when we do experience it. But really, what people listening today uh, can do in their own lives to make sure that you know, if this is a um, uh, a challenge in their life, and I'm just going to assume that for nine out of ten people listening, they do experience decision fatigue. What are the biggest ways to remove it? What are your what, what's your I suppose in your life? What do you think is the number one way that you keep the important things important and that they get done?
1: Well, I think we mentioned this before. I'm sure we talked about it at some point or another, right? And we talk about this theory about uh, willpower. And we have discussed this, have we, before, earlier? um maybe in passing but i don't know that we've
0: dedicated a whole episode to it all
1: right so let's talk about willpower willpower is is something that you know it's it's like a battery right and in in a given you know in in a given day um that gets recharged through uh, you know say on sleep and uh, you have a limited amount of willpower at the beginning of the day and so what ends up happening is that for every decision right and i can't remember where i heard this i think it was through the tim ferris podcast anyways it doesn't matter where Every time you make a decision on something, right? So when you have to decide on something, usually you have to think about it, right? Because otherwise it wouldn't be a decision, right? So every yep. time you have a choice that presents in front of you, you have to make a decision. And every time you make a decision, what ends up happening then is that you you lose a little bit of willpower, okay? So think about that battery, just draining it one notch, just a little bit. And every decision you make... Now, I'm talking every decision you make, every, once it's from the time you get up to the end of the day, it drains a little bit of that willpower. Now, the problem is, is that if you, you know, you don't, you have to make a ton of decisions before you even start your day, just so say your work day even. And you don't even na- need to make any major decisions, say, you know, in your life or your career in business until you actually get to work or when you start work. But think about all the decisions you actually have to make. One, should I get up now or should I not? Should I just snooze? Um, you know, you get up, you know, and then, you know, you go through your routines. And sometimes you, got, you, you go up for breakfast, say, and you go, What kind of breakfast am I going to eat today? You know, then you got to choose, okay, mm-hmm. what well, if I'm going to eat my breakfast, I just, I'm just going to have eggs. So I'm going to have scrambled or I'm going to have poached eggs, right? And then you decide that. And then what am I going to have with that those eggs? And then you gotta decide, look in the fridge and you make those decisions. And then you come down, you know, you brush your teeth or whatever and you shower. And then you go, Oh, what am I going to wear today? Yeah, it's not just wearing today. It's like, what top am I going to wear? And then what you know, pants or jeans are I going to wear? I mean, do they even go together? Oh, I got to think about my socks and I got to think of my, my shoes at the same time. And, and the weather. Yeah, and the weather and the consideration. You got all those factors, right? And you made all those decisions every single day of your life before you even start the day right and then don't forget about all the decisions you have to make which emails am I going to read and then from the emails you have to make a decision what i'm going to do with that email should i put it back as unread or should i just answer that right now and then you got all these decisions all and it just would like literally withering away at your willpower and um and the problem with that is that when a big decision uh, comes up and you actually have to make that choice now what ends up happening is that you actually have like your batteries already drained to like a third and now you got to utilize some willpower to, or, or resistance or some, you know, muster up some willpower to be able to make that decision. And that's hard. You know, I would rather make a decision when my willpower is full at full capacity, rather or as close to full capacity as possible, rather than making a, a decision when it's in low capacity. So your job is one of the first things you should do is you should make everything as a ritual as best as possible. So as much as, you know, first thing in the morning, all the way to the, you know, um, to, you know, the first time you go into your office, everything should be ritualized, which means that you create habits. We've been talking about that in the last couple episodes about creating habits so that it becomes a ritual so that you don't actually have to think about it i mean like i mentioned this many times it's insured because damien's you know one of my best friends and and maybe you know like but he does create a great cereal for cereal is is the only thing i ever eat in the morning that's pretty much the same breakfast every day um that i eat and it's the same routine how i make it no
0: decision fatigue for you unless you go for bircher over muesli or paleo over porridge
1: no, then you could experience decision fatigue. Yeah, I don't even do that. So it's like pretty <laughs> much cereal, and a mi- I mix half and half cereal and oh. paleo, and that's pretty much it. The only ever time oh, I make oh,
0: a- you mix half and half. There I you go, half folks. lt team mixes. I didn't even think of ever mixing them.
1: Uh, I do half and half, and I always have the same little you know stuff that I put into it. And then the only time I have to make decisions on breakfast is when I when I'm traveling or I'm out, and that's it. Every breakfast, you know, I, I you know after like for example, I don't even know if Damien knows this, but. Um, after like a big trip if I go away for a trip just say go away from the family and sometimes we come back you know just before dinner like our flight comes in yeah. the afternoon honestly dinner like you know we have we have, have been away for a week you know we yeah. have no food no groceries you know what dinner is? it's forage it's (laughs) It's like a reset that's your reset meal that's when you're like oh
0: i know we're home now because i've got my bowl
1: of forage exactly (laughs) pretty much it's uh you know so anyway so that's decision fatigue right removing decision fatigue um helps you improve um your life uh, dramatically
0: Can I just add to this, the whole concept of when you're talking about willpower, that's a beautiful way to describe it and I'm writing down a few notes here and I think food is a really big one. Like Food and clothes are two big ones, particularly, it sounds very sexist, but particularly for women who wear different clothes all the time. Like I, for me, at the moment, in summer, up here, it's shorts and t-shirts and I don't want to wear dark t-shirts, I just wear white t-shirts, but clothes is a really... Big uh, source of decision fatigue for some people. But food, like you've said, like breakfast, if it's the same all the time, it's so easy. I'm an eggs and greens kind of guy. It's hard enough for me. I'm scrambled eggs and greens in the morning. If the kids ask for an omelet, that throws me out. Like it, it, it throws me out. I have to be very clear that it has to be a, a weekend for me to like stray away from scrambled eggs. And uh, morning tea is always the same. chocolate pudding cup. Lunch is pretty much similar. It's like, um, leftovers or boiled eggs and salad. Afternoon tea, if I'm going to have it, is a smoothie, and then dinner is meat and three veg. Like I think food and clothes are two of the biggest causes of decision fatigue. And you wonder, LT, if you've ever been on a holiday and you've got no no worries in the world at all, then you get decision fatigue on what restaurant we're going to go to um, and what am I going to do today? <laughs> like that people get decision fatigue when they're on holidays about those simple things like food and clothes.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, definitely. A clothing is, is a hard one for everybody, I think. You know, unless you wear one type of clothing, which, you know, one of our friends does. Or actually, you know, two people who does wear the same thing every single day. I mean, Barack Obama, right? Barack Obama. Um, I'm not sure if he said that is
0: Easy job.
1: Like, he, uh, he, I remember in one of the articles, I can't remember it was Forbes or one of those um, um, articles, you know, we, I read once. is Is he basically has two color suits, right? His decision fatigue is really gray or blue and uh and those are the two colors that he actually wears now i'm you know i've seen him in other colors but you know pretty much that comes down to those two colors so it, it hasn't make the choices is, is very very limited um yeah. if you think about steve jobs always a turtleneck when he was alive, he had turtleneck and jeans and sneakers right? um you know mark zuckerberg is you know when you know, I'm, sh- I'm not sure if he does this anymore but you know before it was just a hoodie and jeans right and uh, you know my friend saki like i said before i mentioned this before he wears you know pretty much black t-shirts all the time, black t-shirts or black shirt. And uh, yeah. it's either jeans or shorts, depending on whether it's summer or winter. Uh, and everything is, 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 you know, basically black. And I, I haven't got to that stage yet because I kind of do like a little bit of color in my life.
0: Right? Well, this is, the, this is the next point. The, 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 you, there's some things that you actually want choice on that you don't, you're happy to kind of
1: almost like run the risk of decision fatigue because you crave the variety. Oh, I do. I, I, so, the, there's a the thing is that we all crave variety. And, you know, Tony Robbins says this all the time, like right? we crave variety, but we also crave consistency. Right. So there's yeah. that pull. There's the pull of that. We want the sameness. We want comfort. We want security. Right. We all want security. Some, part of us all want security, but some of us actually lean towards having variety. Right.
0: we going to let our head in.
1: Like some people just like to not have the same breakfast every day. Some people love to have you know, the same breakfast every day. And it's not right or wrong. And just realize that for every decision you make, it does take a little bit away from your power to be able to make decisions um, in the future or to take some energy. Now, like you said, like we all have decisions to make, right? But we also have the same amount of time, right? You have the same amount of time as Oprah to Richard Branson, to, you know, anybody in the world, we all have 24 hours, right? We all Lawrence have, Tam. Yeah, we have all 86,400 seconds in a day and you have that choice and power to utilize those time um, each and every single those seconds to matter. And so when you're sitting there trying to decide, which I've learned a big lesson from a friend of mine when, when I was about 27, 28, and he was like I don't know nineteen or something, and we were having these you know mastermind sessions where we we're trying to think about you know ideas for the internet you know back then. I oh, love uh, it.
0: I love it. You're a little Zuckerberg, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: not, we're not even close. But we were thinking about you know we're we were trying to uh, you know start an online store, which we did for two years. That's
0: right. You did. What was it yeah, code again?
1: i Life Studio. Um, it was I a personal Studio. development bookstore uh, online shopping store. It's uh, great yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, we lasted about two years. We got, we just weirdly really weird. We got orders from like all around the world, which is, you know, so weird to think that we never even promoted it at all. This is well before pre Facebook. This is going back like 2003, four. Anyway. So, um, the, the thing is, is that I remember going to a cafe and he used to say to me, he's like, he, I don't understand how come it takes you so long to make a decision what you want to eat. And he said that to me, his 19 year old kid, right, telling me, <laughs> telling me that I'm taking too long to make a decision. I'm like, oh, come on. And then I really recognize that. I'm like, wow, you're taking way too long. And for every decision you make. You know, you know you're actually slowing down your process and if you can't even make the decision on small items how are you able to make decisions on big items this is coming from like oh. a 19 year old kid i'm like oh my god it was a big smack in the face and i recognized like you know even like ordering the next day we were ordering a computer system like a dell computer if you remember those dell computers you used to build yeah yeah and, I'm, and then he's like and I go, oh i don't know what to do and he said, just build it like just just th- does it matter <laughs> like and and i was like okay fine that's true and it, and, and it, but it but what it did though for me was that it took practice like it took practice to make decisions quicker it took practice for me to just uh rather than making um choices quicker on big decisions i had to make choices on this de- oh, sorry, decisions on smaller items like what am i going to eat or um, you know, when I walk into a cafe, rather than thinking about overthinking about, oh, this looks good, this looks good too, oh, that looks great, fantastic, and then just worrying about it. Or when you go to an ice cream store, like Baskin Robbins, for example, we got thirty-one freaking flavors. It's like, oh, what do you want to go? What do you want to eat now? What's and the one
0: out of the thirty-one.
1: Yeah, like what's the one? And you want to do all these tasters, right? And you know, yeah. there's a point of where they, oh, too excuse me, can
0: I have a spoon of that one and a spoon of that one, please, before I make a decision? Oh, and do you think I could just have a bit of spoon of that one, please? Oh gosh, the decision's so hard. Which one am I going to have?
1: Yeah. And I think that that's like, it's for, you know, so this is a takeaway. If you can start to make decisions on the little things, but when you did, when the outcome of that decision doesn't matter as much really in the big scheme of things, then you learn, you're learning a little bit. A little bit extra on making decisions on bigger items and you will find it trust me I have you know you know people ask um, you know like when we did a podcast on when I you know when I moved over here from to Sydney like how did that happen like how did you make a decision like that well it wasn't easy but it was easier because I made smaller decisions and medium decisions and big decisions um, over my lifetime uh, since that time so, since that conversation so. that I had with my friend
0: so you're suggesting get really good at making small decisions. Yeah, they're not really that consequential like what are you going to eat at the restaurant, what ice cream are you going to get, what socks are you going to put on, just the small stuff. Just get really determined to make those decisions
1: quickly. Yeah, get the grant, get rid of the granular stuff. That's where you practice because it like I mean, yes, like listen, I still have decision fatigue problems, right? Like, when I go to a nice restaurant, like, I'm like, oh, man, there's so so much yeah. good food. Like, which one do when I it's choose? novel.
0: When it's really novel.
1: Yeah, like, I was with Jen Temple the other night. We went to this beautiful Japanese restaurant, Saki, and I was like, wow, there's, like, everything on this menu looks fantastic, right? And it was, like, real struggle. So, like, I, it really takes a lot of energy to just go, all right, just pick. One or two. Like, if this one's available, then go with that one. If that one's not available, then go with this one. You know what I mean? Like, And and it's hard. But it's about trying to do your best. Because, yes, when you go to a nice, fancy restaurant, yeah, the outcome could be crap. Like your crap meal, you spend a lot of money on it, then it's like, oh, this is, very, this is disappointment. But really at the bit, at the end of it, like, does it really matter? <laughs> you know? It's a first world problem. It's, it's a first, first world, world problem. problem. Exactly. So that's what I'm suggesting is that make decision on little things, you know, like little, little items where little uh, inconsequential decisions. Um, if you can make it on that, you will start to learn to build that resiliency to make decision faster okay and actually here's the one line he said to me right he said make decisions fast like leaders make decisions fast but change their mind slower or slowly right which is really cool like it's about like it's almost like the same theories of hire fast right but then you know fire. you know sorry fire fast but you know if you if you make a decision basically it's it's, if you make a decision something make it quick but change your mind don't change your mind as quickly as you made the decision change your mind take the time by changing your mind because you've already committed Right, you already committed. So when you've
0: ordered the chicken salad, change your mind so slowly that it actually gets onto your table before you change your mind. Hmm, exactly. Make it take a long time to change your mind is what you're saying. Almost yeah, where
1: because because otherwise you're going to live it's in dumb. regret all the time, right? So just yep. it's done once a decision is made, let like, just leave it alone, right? Great, love it, love it. Oh, I'm writing
0: down a few other key areas. Let's talk about this um, emails. I'm going to give you my two bobs on emails, then I want you to give your two bobs on emails because I think. Decision fatigue, I've written down planning, emails and social media as three big sources of decision fatigue. So emails, my big decision fatigue eliminator is if I'm going to take the time to open it, I'm going to take the time to reply to it or delete it or whatever it. I'm not just going to uh, leave it unread unless it's something I need to action at a later date. But if I'm going to take the time to to open it, I must deal with it. That, That for me removes any decision fatigue.
1: What about you with emails or, or um, any other tips you have around that process? Yeah, you know, as I'm discussing this and I was just thinking about this before, um, this is really weird to say, but uh, just to be a just, I guess, apology, uh, apology to all your listeners, because really at the end of the day, we are, um, we as a, the wellness couch, right? We, me, Marcus, Damien, Brett, um, are a problem for your decision right we've created a problem in a sense because I want to apologize because think about this right i know it's kind of hypocritical in a sense but we created a, a network as a, at the moment i think we have 19 20 shows
0: i think we got 21 i actually have 20. to write down uh, the healthy shift Worker on my poster sitting here in my office All right. and um yes i need to because yes we're, so, we're, well, it's growing and
1: there's lots more coming on in the next month well, <laughs> welcome aboard address so, uh, so I mean, yeah. think, think about this right we like really created like this massive choice you're like oh my god what do we listen to all right so <laughs> the key thing is right so we we understand that and this is the world that we live in unfortunately right the world that we live in is that uh, the choices fortunate. are the, the the we have so much choice like you have so much choice i was just thinking about kids man. when we're in high school and we had to choose like a career path or or some sort i thought that was hard but man i do i i don't envy the high school students right now of all the choices you can actually take you know yeah it's just so hard i mean i think about the choices that i had to make in terms of i didn't even have that my that many courses but now it's like you could you can do take whatever you want And the problem with the, the, I mean, the great thing about it is that you have so much choice, you can actually, you know, become great at anything, any particular thing. But the problem with that is that the choices are, it's not going to stop your ability to choose what you want to watch, say on television or the movies that you choose to watch are becoming more and more available in terms of the. Uh, into the niches that that are are being created so therefore which means that you as a person have to build the resiliency to make better choices moving forward because the choices are not going to get smaller the choices if anything are going to get larger whereas before you know back in the say 60s right you know you only had a few channels only a few shows to watch
0: On the old wireless, you could only choose from one or two radio stations. Exactly. Or on your TV, you had two or three radio stations. On on TV, you had channel 7, channel 9, channel 10. And then you had the ABC,
1: maybe SBS. Oh, man. I went from... If we're talking Australia. Well, I went from Canadian television. Like Since I was a little kid, we've always had at least 40 channels, right? Oh And and then I moved over here, right? I moved over here. Uh, This is going back, what, 14 years ago. I come over here in 2002 and... I have four channels. I'm like, and what, SBS. what kind Come of and you had SBS too? Well, four four channels. You had five. You had channel two, seven, never nine. Never mind, ten. five. I'm like, yeah, but no one watches that, right? So, <laughs> I was just joking.
0: <laughs> Hello to our good friends at the ABC and SBS. You do a great job, folks. Even though LT doesn't want
1: you. <laughs> but, but I was, but I was thinking about when I came over here. I'm like, what kind of country have I landed here? Like, I I'm I had a choice of 40 channels, and now I have a choice of three. But you know what? Oh, the great I love here, that. But here's John. the here's the thing, though, right? What I found out after a very, very short period of time, I went, this is actually awesome. They've actually, cu- you know, because I used to, obviously, I'm used to American television, uh, North American television. So they, use, they, you know, these three channels, these three major channels, channel 7, 9, and 10, has really um, curated the best shows, right? Well, well let's argue and yeah. say the best shows that were going on in North America at the time and then show them all on those three channels, which means yeah. that I only got to watch the best shows. Now, sorry, sure, certainly, I missed some of the shows that I used to watch, but... I only got those three choices and if there's nothing on like this is the difference right there, because there was nothing on you know what television off you do something else in Canada or America and for those of you that live, live in the, in those countries um you I would literally this is this is my life before right? this is before I was you know before, before I came smart
0: get ready for it this will be good get ready. I used here we go flip goes.
1: channels flip channels right and I was like oh this is good and I'll watch that for five minutes nope and I'll flip 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 and I'll get up to about channel 40 and it goes back to channel one, right? Guess what? That's half an hour later. Oh, which means that gonna there's going to be new shows again. So which means I'm going flipping channels for the next half an hour to find if there's another thing that I can watch. Oh, yeah. I just threw
0: my head in the thought of it. Yeah, that, right.
1: So that's exactly how my life was before I came to Australia. And now that Australia now, if you notice, like that, we're obviously there's so much more television channels, but you still don't have the same amount of choice as you would have in North America. All I'm saying is that the more choices there are, the harder to make decisions and choices, And it's going to basically, I, I heard something brilliant today is TV programming. It's programming you. So it's one of the things that, that you recognize is that you have to be better and learn how to make better decisions on how to make decisions. Uh, that's pretty much the, the summary of what we're trying to talk about today.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's
1: uh, – I just have to reiterate exactly what you said. The
0: decision-making process is becoming more and more and more important than ever before because our choices, whether it's what country are we going to fly to or what podcast are we going to listen to or what exotic meal are we going to have, those choices are becoming there's more and more and more of those choices to make. So uh, I can't recommend enough the commitment to being you know watertight on making decisions. All right. What about uh, planning, LT? My two bobs is that if I don't plan my day, uh, my day just runs me to the ground. So I make sure that every weekday of the year, I plan my day because it does take away the decision fatigue. I never say to myself, what will I do now? Because I just look at my list and I've Done number one, and I moved to number two. What I do recognize when I speak to a number of um, clients and the rest is if they have a list for their day, but it doesn't have any numbers next to it, it just says, you know, like for, for today, I've got, you know, send this person a recording, write a testimonial for that person, record a video for the Wellness Summit two for one tickets, send a note to Brian, uh, have a meeting with Damien, record Inside the Champions Mind with LT. If I don't have any sequence next to them, like I've got, you know, one, two, three, four, and five next to those things. If I don't have any sequence, every time I finish one of those things, I'm then making a decision, what will I do now? Or what have I got to do now? Which means decision fatigue is looming and rearing its ugly head even quicker.
1: So, here's my here's my tip for that. Um, I, I'm also like that too as well. I plan my day uh, at the beginning of the day. So, before I start, I every hour is accounted for all the way up until I go to bed. Um, obviously I've done a whole bunch of things before that. Um, but those are all the same routines, five thirty, six thirty, 630 CrossFit, um, you know, 637, you know, eat breakfast, th- you know, seven, eight. so always like getting ready kids for, for school and everything. And then, you know, get ready for the day. And then, you know, then that's when I kind of write my journal and stuff and, and, and my journal meaning that I plan out my day. So here's, here's the trick on that. Um, three things, that's it. Don't three goals a day. What are three things, key objectives you want to achieve today? That's it. Don't make it more than that. Um, Anything else is a bonus. And if you can accomplish three things, then think right. Now, this is not three major things you want to accomplish that day. Now... That all those three things that takes time to actually create that no have to go all around all the schedules things that you already had schedules for example like for me I have like a lot of calls scheduled podcast recording scheduled all around so I have to work around those times to make sure I get those three things done so if you really want to remove if you want to be more productive just just set one thing then. You know, the more stuff you put on your plate to do that, the more disappointed you're going to get every single day. So Mm. why set yourself at the end of the day to be more disappointed with yourself and, and self-evaluate. The other thing is self-evaluate, meaning that at the end of the day, evaluate, did you actually, you know, what did you, did you get, did you get all three things done? If you didn't, you should reflect back on why, you know, was it because you were, you know, overzealous and, you know, created all these massive goals that you try to create and never get it done? Well, if that's the case, then maybe you should learn from that so that you don't set the next time uh that's such big a big goal so for for example um i gave myself half an hour to write an email like uh, say a, a, an email to half my half li- an hour Oh, right. To, okay. to, like <laughs> half an hour to write an email to my list right for example <laughs> yeah. um and one time i recognized that you know what it takes me way more than half an hour to create something like a creative creative content that that actually that you know a story or a, a blog post that is actually is meaningful that's just me, yeah. right? I, I yeah. don't write very often. So when I actually sit down and write, it you know, takes me maybe 45 minutes to an hour. Now, that might be slow for some people and that's why I don't write as much, but I, I think about what I write about and I don't just like riff it off and just send it off, right? So the thing is, is that if that's the case, then I need to make sure I budget an hour, not half an hour next time. You know? Or if it's gonna say, if I'm gonna do a video today, if I know it's gonna take me half an hour to do a video, like realistically, given, given everything, all the technical things that come along with that, then don't budget 15 minutes, Right, and so that, just being very clear and learning from the lessons that you learn every single day. So you, when you move forward each next time when you set a goal, then it won't be so bad. So it's be nice. you got to be very, very. Uh, you got to reflect on the day on, on what worked and what didn't work, so that you can actually move on the next day, so that your days continue to improve, not be another day of disappointment.
0: Oh, we could talk about this for youngs. This is great,
1: LT, but we're out of time, brother. We're out of time. We're out of time, so time flies. Time flies when uh, when there's lots of decisions to make. So now, what you got to decide on after this episode is decide what what one thing you're going to learn from this episode that you're going to commit to doing, whatever decide that is. Decide to decide, yeah. Decide to decide. That's right. decide. The word, by the way, decide is to means to kill off, right? Yeah. So side, like the the ending of side. I can't believe I'm giving an English homicide,
0: suicide.
1: Yeah, exactly. Decide, is, to kill off, right? Insecticide, and and so it's a genocide. Kill off. So, think about that is like decide means to kill off all options. So, therefore, kill off options, do the one thing. Do the one thing you're going to do and focus on that. So, once you've done that, go to Facebook.com slash InsideChampionsMind. I'd love for you to tell us what you decided to do after this particular podcast. Go to also. I wonder if people
0: have decided to go to the Wellness Summit. Sorry, I'm interrupting you here. I wonder if they've decided to go to the Wellness Summit. And I wonder if there's any two-for-one tickets left by the time this... Oh, I don't know, man. I, there was stuff. I
1: don't know. First forty-eight hours was just flew off the handles. I'm not sure if we can actually sustain uh, this. So, listen, if you guys are interested in coming to the One Summit, meet us uh, in person, and uh, you should come out to the uh and uh, see if there's there's uh, any two for one tickets available. Even even <clears throat> if there isn't, you should still buy some tickets because it's going to be one of the best events uh, of the year.
0: Well, all I'm saying, and LT doesn't actually know this, but uh, as the executive producer of the summit, I'm telling people that they are going to see their favorite wellness couch presenters like they've never seen them before and I don't even think the speakers know exactly
1: what that means. So get ready for it, LT. Yeah, Marcus is actually working out really hard and he's going to do a strip dance. So uh, <laughs> on that note, guys, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. But well, you're joining
0: me <laughs> if I'm doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Leave a comment and maybe say, Marcus, please don't. Inside the Champions, This has been Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome your awkwardly in pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam. He's Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode.